G'day, and thanks for tuning in to the Outpost Church podcast. We this week are hosting a discipleship training week, and our focus is on prayer, and we hope that you find this encouraging. God bless you. Arguing people were listening, um, and uh, we began to hear stories from all across the country um, of increasing people choosing to follow Jesus. And also there was restoration in the Moroccan church little by little. So they began to grow, they began to meet again together um, and take responsibility for leading their own church fellowships. Um, and they began to be more bold in sharing their faith out loud. So it's the Moroccan believers that are sharing their faith online and doing all of the follow-up for um, the satellite te- television stations and the um, whatever forms of media outreach. Uh, they're the ones that are now willing to do all of the follow-up. And they began to be very bold, even on making YouTube channels and asking um, even for the king to give them permission to meet legally, which they haven't got yet, but just the fact that they're willing to ask um, was quite a shift. Um, So we were amazed and encouraged in our own growth in that um, learning to partner prayer with fruitfulness in ministry. Um, So that's what, um, I guess, inspired us to keep growing in this area. So as a part of that, Ribka especially got uh, more and more involved in prayer networks, uh, in particular throughout the Mediterranean region. And then as we got involved with other people, I think our eyes started to lift up a little bit beyond the shores of Morocco. And so um, there came a time when we felt that we wanted to move into prayer being a priority for us. And within the movement of OM, um, we were uh, invited by... uh, senior leadership to have something within OM. So now our role within OM is to give leadership to what we call the prayer hub. Um, We have a physical space, uh, which is at a conference center in Belgium. We're not there at the moment because we ran into some visa issues. I won't explain the whole story, but we're endeavoring to get back there. Belgium is classified as a least reached place because it's it's post-Catholic. The uh, Protestant church uh, is very, very small, but we're really there because it's a place that potentially, COVID changed things, but potentially is both accessible uh, for people to come to us and and it's a place that we can go to other teams to help teams. So our role within uh, OM these days is to mobilize and resource prayer within the movement. And that's helping areas and teams uh, grow in their prayer life and what Ribka was talking about in terms of how mission and prayer go together. So I won't go into too much detail about that, except to say that most of what we do at the moment is online, um, meeting with people uh, in different parts of the world. If you want more information about that, you can ask us, but I I won't use up the time now. So on your tables, um, you might see bits of paper that's kind of shaped in the cross. If you would like to use this, um, you can over the course of today. You can use it for note-taking in the little sort of square empty boxes. Uh, Maybe there's a thought that comes to mind that you think God's highlighting for you. You could write it in there. Or you can use it just for coloring in. And we will speak to that a little bit later on. But if that's something that appeals to you, then you are welcome to use the coloring in pencils and doodle your life out.
So my understanding is that throughout the week there's been a mixture of learning as well as practicing prayer. And today we really wanted to take some time to look at the practicalities or some practicalities of prayer. And we wanted to do that through talking about prayer walking, going prayer walking, and also looking at um, creative prayer. So just who, if I use the word prayer walking, who would say they have gone prayer walking before? Okay, so probably half, half, the, half the people. So we did it a relative amount in uh, Morocco. We'll share a little bit more about that. Uh, prayer walking could simply be defined as praying to God while walking around. It's really not that complicated. Um, or another way of thinking about it is going for a walk with God and often with other people. So you can do it uh, by yourself, but um, as we talk about it, um, you know, we often encourage that we do it together in groups. And I use a little acronym, not related to um, prayer walking specifically, but the word DEEP, Deliberate Engaged Expectant Prayer. Deliberate Engaged Expectant Prayer. So most of what we talk about um, when we talk about prayer walking today will be in that context of we're being deliberate, we're, we're making a time to deliberately go walking and praying. We're engaging with one another and with God and we're expectant as we go walking. Uh, my friend Mike Hay, who does a lot of prayer walking in the north of Adelaide, reminded me recently that the walk and prayer is not a project or a program uh, that we do. It is a relationship with God, with one another, with the land, history and future. So today we're going to unpack that a little bit more. Along with looking at how we might prepare to prayer walk, we will look at what is actually taking place while we are walking and praying and how we can be attentive and creative uh, in the process. So how are we relating to God, to people, to community, to space, land, history and hope? And I just want to touch on this idea of space uh, a little bit more. Um, I have an inkling that space and place are important to God. We have this idea of set-aside space in the temple. Um, one of my favorite places in the world is to sit uh, in a... I love people in the church, but I also enjoy churches when they're empty. And just to sit at the, the front of the church, or certain churches have altars, I guess, but just to be in that space. So I do like the inside uh, space. Because I confess I'm not a big geography student, but um, we see from the beginning of Scripture, even in Genesis chapter 2, um, when God plants the Garden of Eden, He is specific in making known to us the geography. And throughout Scripture, the writers are very specific about geography uh, and where things are taking place, both in the Old and the New Testament. So I, like I said, I'm not very good at it, but I enjoy when people are able to draw from that and you, you, you learn lots of things just by where you are and the people who are in, in those places. So in the same way, I think we can pay attention to places where we are, where God has placed us and to the places that he would have us go. Um, the beauty of prayer is that we can be in one place and pray for a place somewhere else. So I remember one time we were sitting on uh, an air, 
airplane, Qatar Airlines, and you open up the back of the magazines, and it has the flight plans of like, you know, this is all of the places that we fly to. And I just had this, you know, they're kind of boasting, look everywhere that we go. And I just had this image in my mind of like, if I did a prayer map that looked like that, it would just be scribble all over it. Uh, because we can be anywhere and pray, and those prayers can travel um, all over the place. So we're not, we're not constrained um, when it comes to prayer, but at the same time, we can be active in our prayer. Um, we can be physical. We can travel to places. We can get up and go to actually be able to see and to be in those places uh, that we are praying for. In Genesis chapter 13, following God's revelation of himself to Abraham and his promise of blessing, uh, Abraham is already on the move. He and Lot have just separated, having argued over where they should live. Uh, When God speaks to Abraham, he says, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. Look northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. Or the NIRV says, go, walk through the land, see how long and wide it is, I am giving it to you. Genesis 17, one says a little bit later, again, God's talking to uh, Abram and um, it's the time of making covenant. He says, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless that I may make my covenant between me and you. So I believe that we're still invited, uh, maybe not quite in the same way that Abraham was invited to go through the land that would be promised to Um, his immediate descendants but I I still believe that we're invited to lift up our eyes and to look from the place where we are to arise and go walking in the land that is God's and it's God's to give Jesus ministry years were one long walk Uh, he went to be among people he went to the people to be among them he went walking with the father and with people to be present in different spaces. The temple out among the people, whereas the temple had been a set-aside place of God dwelling among his people, Jesus, who refers to himself as the temple, now takes the temple on the road. So as I said, I'm a big fan of set-aside places, even prayer places where we've set it, we have a prayer space. I like that idea. We're setting aside this place for prayer. Um, they're good places to go and practice silence, as uh, you learn about yesterday, those that were here yesterday. But I also encourage us to be aware that we carry the dwelling around with us as people sealed by and filled with the Holy Spirit wherever we set our foot. We are carrying that dwelling with us. So as I said before, that may unfold in deliberate, uh, engaged, expectant times when we go walking It might also happen when we're just out and about. Before we go further, I just want to read from Colossians 1, 15 to 20. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God, 
He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. I read this because it's good for us to be aware that there are other worldviews, uh, including here in Australia, where people will engage with land and space and community in spiritual ways, whether it's being asking permission from spirits or ancestors asking permission to be present on that land, or whether it's wanting to set aside a suburb or an area under a particular religion, or maybe no religion at all for that matter. So from the outset, we want to say that everything that was created through Christ and is for Christ, and he holds everything together, And we are stewards of spaces and places that are ultimately his. And we declare they are his. And we are wanting to see the fruit of that. We want to see a harvest in the land, which is why we pray. So what does it practically look like when we deliberately go out to walk and to pray? What can we do and what can we engage in? There's, um, we often talk about four very simple things to keep in mind <coughs> when we pray walk. The first is just observation. As we walk, we see things, and what we see inspires our prayers. So if you walk past a school, well, then it makes sense to pray for children, for, for the next generation, for the education system, for, for whatever. If you walk past the pub, then you might want to pray for the people who go there. Uh, you might want to pray for people who struggle with addictions. It, whatever you, what, what you see um, will inspire ideas for what you pray for. So when you go on a prayer walk, you can sometimes just go out the door and see what you see and let that inspire you because we're asking Jesus to show us what he sees or draw our attention to what he wants us to see so that we can know what to pray for whenever we go out for a walk. Having said that, you can also do research. So before you go prayer walking, you can have a little read or talk with other people. What's happening in this area? What goes on in my community or my neighbor or this part of the city? Um, is, there, is there research online? Is there stats? Is there stuff from your local council? Are there people who've lived in this place for a very long time who could actually fill in a lot of history for you? Learning a bit of history often will inform your prayers for what's happening in the space now. Um, Knowing a little bit about your community will help you to pray in an informed way for your community. 
Thirdly, we ask for revelation or discernment from the Holy Spirit as we walk. He can show us um, new things. He can show us what, what he, what's on his heart for this community as we walk. Um, he might just guide your thoughts to a particular way of praying as you go out walking on any given day. So it's good to make space for that. Even if you're looking at stuff and even if you've done your research, don't forget to make space just to listen to what he puts on your heart in that moment. Um, and lastly, scripture. Sometimes before we go prayer walking, we might focus um, our attention just on a particular passage of scripture. Take that with you when you go walking. Um, take your phone with you. These days we don't have to carry around our big Bibles, right, and deliberately in public open it and start reading. If you don't want to look that conspicuous, we can do that on our phones now, but we can very easily take God's word with us and we can read it out loud as we pray. We can use the scripture that we've meditated on to inform our prayers. Um, and speaking out or reading out God's word is always powerful, right, wherever we do it. And especially, I think, in public spaces, as you go for a walk, as you're engaging with what's happening in your community, reading out and praying out God's word is really powerful. Um, and there's five things that we often pray for when we go prayer walking. Um, the first is government. So it's always good to go pray near your local council offices or whatever other government um, organizations are in your area. We can pray blessing over our government leaders and those in authority. We pray wisdom over them. We ask that God give them discernment as they make decisions and choices that affect all of our lives in our community. Um, so that's a good place to pray for. Pray for justice. Pray for if there's courts, if there's police stations. Look for places of authority. We can pray over and near those places. We can pray for business and commerce. Um, so we can pray over shopping districts, um, over righteous investments, over people to do well financially on, or to use their, to steward their finances well. Uh, we can pray for economic justice in our communities, for opportunities. We can pray for generosity and for giving um, when we walk through shopping districts. Praying for education, I think is really important. Um, praying for righteous educators, praying for the children in their schools. We pray um, that God would speak out his truth in education systems, um, dealing with the lies and the confusion that's often taking place there. Um, we pray for the area of communication is the fourth one, looking for places like radio stations, uh, places that sell newspapers, uh, pray for issues um, around the media, uh, pray again for righteousness and justice, for good news to be shared uh, instead of always bad news. Um, I think that's an important thing to pray for. And lastly, uh, spirituality. So you can look for um, churches. Let's pray for churches as we walk past them. Uh, let's look for mosques, temples, whatever other places of spiritual gatherings are happening in your community. Those are great places to pray for. Pray for spiritual seekers to find truth. Uh, we pray that actually Jesus will reveal himself in any of those locations where people are engaging in some sort of spiritual activity. Um, often people are engaging in spiritual activity because there is some spiritual hunger and interest in their lives. Otherwise, they wouldn't bother at all, as a lot of people in Australia don't these days. So any kind of spiritual places are good to pray for. So those are the, did you, yeah, five things. Five things we often focus on. Doesn't mean you can't pray for other things, but they're good things to, to pray for. 
think when we talk about going out prayer walking, you can definitely do it on your own, but I love to pray in pairs or, or triplets. Um, I think there is a, there's an accountability. There's also safety. There's um, wisdom that comes from bouncing off another person sometimes. Um, so especially if you're engaging in deliberate um, prayer walking, I think it's a great practice to do it in pairs um, or threes. Very practically, when you go prayer walking, keep your eyes open. This is not the time maybe to start closing your eyes and folding your hands. Uh, it, it's, it's a time to walk and look and pray as you are, um, pray with your eyes open. Uh, for, for many years living in Morocco, um, because um, missionaries don't exist in Morocco, we learned to pray with our eyes open everywhere. So, and, and when believers meet in cafes, they sit around in the cafe table and have their Bible study and prayer time, but nobody would know because they're all just looking as though they're having a conversation. It's quite good practice to get into, that actually we can just look like we're having conversations and talking with the people around us. There is also, having said that, nothing wrong in going to a cafe and praying, like with your eyes closed, because that sometimes other people can see. There's nothing wrong with other people seeing that we're actually praying, if that causes curiosity uh, in other people. So when you're walking, keep your eyes open. Stop at corners, maybe, or landmarks. Those are the chances where you can actually stand together with other people if you want. Close your eyes. Don't have to if you don't want to. Um, but you can stop at specific landmarks or at the corners of streets just to chat together and um, pray together. We really encourage praying short prayers. So when you're out prayer walking, you're seeing so much. And there might be lots of things that you want to pray for. So if, if you have somebody who then prays, for five minutes, then you've gone way past the thing that prompted you that you want to pray for. So praying short prayers, sentence prayers, and bouncing backwards and forwards between the two or three people um, can sometimes just free up the space for lots of things to be prayed for. And then you can also listen to the other people and bounce off their prayers. So if I have a, if I see something that I want to pray for, but the, the person who's currently praying for schools, then don't necessarily just change the subject and go to yours. Listen also and bounce off each other. Um, I think that's something we encourage is the what else principle. So when someone's praying for education, ask God, what else do you want me to pray for? And I might pray for teachers. And while I'm praying, he's saying, what else? And then you pray for students with disabilities. And I'm asking, what else? And then you pray for principles. And before you know it, you spent half an hour praying just for schools. But you're just going deeper and deeper into that prayer. Um, and pray for God to give you eyes to see the harvest, um, eyes to see what he sees. This is his land. These are his people. He wants the worship of all of us, all of his creation. Um, so keep that in your mind. Um, you can also, I think it's important to maybe at the end of your prayer time, debrief it. Um, in debriefing, I just mean have a little conversation together. What really stuck out for you today? Was there something that really resonated with you? What did you feel like the Lord spoke to you about? What did he show you? Um, what did you think was really important? Do we need to come back and pray somewhere again a little bit more? Um, are we done with this street? Are we, is there something else? Um, and then in that process of debriefing, you just get to also learn. Um, I love taking notes because it helps you to go back to see what you've prayed for in the past. Um, but not everybody likes to do that. I think when we go out and about and um, we are watching and looking, 
can be a little bit dangerous because when we pray, we come to a knowledge um, of God's love for the people that we meet. And that often um, opens up to opportunities to speak with people too. So when we go out prayer walking, um, keep that posture of openness to also engage with people, having conversations with people as you go and praying for people as you go. As you walk and pray, just be alert for opportunities and the promptings of the Spirit if he wants you to actually go up to somebody that you see. Um, Don't be so focused on the fact that I'm going on a prayer walk that you miss an opportunity to actually talk with somebody. When people see you walking around, stopping at a corner, having a chat, maybe you've got your eyes closed for a moment, people might ask you, what are you doing? Actually, that's a great question. It's an opportunity to start that conversation, but have an answer ready to go. So you could say things like, oh, we're praying for this area today. We're here because we want to bless this community. Oh, we're from such and such a church down the road, and we just want to pray for the area that we're in. Then you can say, is there anything that we can pray for you today? Why not ask them? Or is there anything that you think we should be praying for this street or this community or this neighborhood? You might get insight from the people that you meet. And if they seem open um, to receive prayer, then it's a great opportunity to get in there and and pray for their needs um, and to to bless them. So if you encounter people along the way, let me just go back. You can actually do that intentionally. So when we were in Morocco, we would often partner people who have a natural gift of evangelism with somebody who's maybe quieter and shyer or has a more heart for prayer. So it's a great partnership because some people just have conversations just like that, right? Before you know it, they're talking with somebody about the gospel because they can't help themselves. And there's other people who maybe find that a little bit harder but love to pray. That's a great partnership when you go out prayer walking um, because those that love to engage with people will very readily engage with people. And while they're talking, the other person can be praying for that conversation. Um, When we then pray for specific people, if you get the chance to pray for specific people, or even if you're just praying for the people in the homes or the people that you see, um, we often use an acronym um, that says BLESS. So we, we're here to bless people as we walk. So if you are wondering in your brain, oh, I'm going to be praying for this person, I don't know what to pray for. Remembering BLESS might be a good way just to think of some things on the spot that you can pray for them if they haven't mentioned any specific needs. So bless, B, B for body. You can pray just for their health, for protection and strength. We can bless the person with that. Labor, so you can pray that God would bless them in their work or with work, providing for their income needs, that God would give them wisdom in their workplace. You can think about emotional needs, that God would give them joy or peace or comfort. Uh, You can think about social needs, that they would have healthy relationships or pray that they would have good relationships with their spouses or partners and their children and their friends, or that God would provide true friends for them. You can pray for their spiritual needs, so you can pray for their salvation. You can pray that they might find truth and answers that they're looking for, that they might meet Jesus, that they might experience his freedom. So bless, if if you're struggling in the moment to figure out what to pray for, those things might just give you an idea of what you can bless the person with. I think that's something that we can all do whenever we go out and about on the streets. Um, We we love the idea of thinking of prayer walking also as 
strategy. So, um, do you want to share a little bit about Mike in the North? Uh, so, I mentioned earlier a guy called Mike Hayes, a friend of ours. He uh, has been with OM, but uh, out in the northern suburbs, I don't know if any of you have heard, but um, there's a pastor out there, Lindsay, who has gathered a number of other pastors and churches, and there's a very deliberate um, strategy of prayer walking and going out to bless spaces and places and, and people, and they go out regularly. And our friend Mike uh, goes out with people from the church. Uh, he has some Aboriginal people join him. He has the mayor of Playford who joins him on occasions, and they go out uh, prayer walking um, together as a very uh, deliberate strategic thing and they will meet people along the way um, often the people that you meet uh, along the way are, or people that talk to you are um, out of the ordinary <laughs> but it's a it's a good opportunity for them I, I could find I could get him to share more if you're interested in what they're doing as an area I found it really interesting from a missional perspective, that the churches have come together uh, in agreement. They have <coughs> each year on Pentecost Sunday, they have a gathering where all of the churches come together. It's very, um, we'll we'll, I'm not as familiar with this. I grew up in Salisbury. I'm a little bit more familiar, although it's changed a lot, but maybe similar here. Big migrant community out there as well. And so um, you've got churches of different languages and different cultural backgrounds coming together. And there's a real missional sense of seeing it as an area how are we reaching this area and and prayer walking is one of the strategies um, they've also done something called the blessings course together um, you can look that up online the blessings course is um, a course run put together by roy godwin who runs a house of prayer in wales focusing on blessing individuals as well as communities the land um, and the nation and they, it's a, it's a seven-week course which you can um, purchase online. But as they've done that together, that's also really inspired them. As they go prayer walking, they specifically bless the land and bless the homes, bless the businesses, bless the government, and look for people, individuals to engage with. Um, recently, we heard um, one of the churches participating are the Salvos, and the, the captain of the Salvation Army was out walking, and he, he felt that morning before he left God told him to look for somebody specifically to pray for healing. So he um, was walking through a park, saw a guy that had his arm wrapped up, um, went over and asked, can I pray for you? The guy said, sure, and he was completely healed um, on the spot, which is an amazing testimony. They also prayer walk just in their local communities in twos and threes, um, and they uh, meet in a park on Sundays regularly for barbecues, looking for a way to connect um, locally. They have uh, people in their um, church community that are taxi drivers, and so they often will have spiritual conversations as they are driving people around in their taxis. And I don't know how ethical this is, but taxi drivers, of course, know where people live, and so they, the taxi drivers will, will mark that. That's where we're going to prayer walk past that house because that was an interesting spiritual conversation. <laughs> so prayer walking can be something that you do just with your friends. But it can also be something that you approach as a, a strategy for church um, ministry uh, in your suburbs or in a combined larger area. That's really persistent, planned um, uh, prayer walking strategy. So one of the things that we did um, in Morocco, we lived in a big city called Casablanca, which is a population of about 
don't know, six million people and um, about 20 missionaries and three or four small local house churches of Moroccan believers. So very small church, and it's an enormous city. And the, we, we realize that there are parts of that city that actually we've never been to. Like we lived there for 15 years, and there's still parts of that city that you never go to. There's no reason to. It's so far away. Um, and then we got to thinking, actually, there's no believers. There's no, there's no Moroccan church. There's no missionaries. So there's part, there's streets in Casablanca where no Christian person has probably ever walked down. And that thought kind of just blew our minds a little bit. So um, Boyd's co-worker got together and thought, why don't we make a, why don't we prayer walk every street in Casablanca? So we thought, okay, three years. We're going to do it in three years. Didn't, I mean, I think four years, and they felt that they were satisfied with the extent. <laughs> that was one year after we left. But for three years, anybody who wanted to got together. So it's across different mission organizations, different churches, um, and there was about 20 or so of us. And every at the beginning of the month, we would choose a suburb, um, photocopy the map, cut it out, and designate different parts of the suburb to different groups of people. And then sometime in that month, um, we would go out and prayer walk and use a highlighter to mark which streets we'd walk down. <laughs> and then at the end of the month, come back together, put our pieces of the map. Have we done this area? Did we cover every street or sufficiently enough? Um, we'd share what happened. Um, sometimes we'd pray over suburbs and realize at the end of the month, actually in that suburb, we had zippo spiritual conversations. There was nothing happening there. And then another month, we'd not notice that actually in this part of the city, Every time we went out, we met somebody who was interested in spiritual things. Um, Discovery Bible study groups started in that area. Um, there's stuff happening. So you can go two ways with that. One, either the places where there was nothing happening, we would go, oh, that needs more prayer. That place is really hard. No one's interested, so we're going to pray some more for that area. Or you could go, um, this area, actually, clearly God's doing something in this area. So let's just go with where God's going and focus on this area, and people would go back again, looking for people to have spiritual conversations, forming those um, Bible study groups. It's very intentional. We would look at what's happened, what, what is it, what places are in that, what significant places are in the suburb? Um, is there something historical? Are there monuments? Has something happened there in the past? Are there major mosques? Are there, I think, history, political, and religious um, places of significance. Um, do a little bit of research. Ask God, what do you want us to pray for? Is there something we need to repent on behalf of what's happened there? Is there something that the Lord needs to just bring confession over? Is there something that we can pray asking him just to break those strongholds? Is there something that he wants us just to declare and speak out hope and life over that particular place or issues? Um, we would commit, so when you're thinking strategy, commit for a specific length of time. So we set out three years, but you don't have to do that. What if it's a three-month thing? Three-month engagement of deliberate um, prayer walking, touching on these streets, these areas, these locations. It's a plan with a set length of time so that you're not committing yourself forevermore. Define the geographical boundaries. Think about the purpose so that everybody knows why are you doing this. Prepare for the prayer walks. Uh, using maps to mark your area, I think, helps. And if you live in a large city, even consider prayer driving. If walking is just not possible, then drive it. Listen to worship music while you drive. Drive the boundaries of your, uh, your 
location um, in your car and always debrief, I think, together. What's your observations or what did the Lord highlight? Um, I think we share that because we, uh, we really experience this real power in deliberate planned strategy of prayer walking and that really takes you out of the church buildings into the streets, um, engaging with people and with what you see and that often informs then what you might do coming out of that. Yeah, I think the debriefing actually is really important. It's often in those times that you get a sense as different people bring back information or discernment that then as a, as a group, as a body, as community, you are then discerning, okay, this is what we get a sense God's doing in this space so that it's not just... Um, yeah, there's that sense of togetherness. I think community and togetherness, especially when it comes to discernment, is, a, is an important thing. Having said that, uh, we also want to encourage just personal prayer walking, uh, by which I mean, what are the normal places in your daily life that you naturally go and you might be walking through? Oh, sorry, I think. Manuel, I discovered, does this all the time. He does it when he rides his bike or when he goes for a walk. It's just praying for the people that you meet or the places that you're driving past. All right, well, we'll make sure we give five minutes to uh, Manuel to, uh, to share his story um, so that you don't just have to listen to us the whole time. But I think it is good to... Um, yeah, just be out and about and, and considering um, what we can be praying for as we go. So I just wanted to share a, a, a few weeks ago, um, I was walking through the city. For me, um, I um, enjoy just um, practicing the presence of God, being out and about. Um, I do enjoy walking uh, in forests, but often for me, um, maybe it's from living in Casablanca, I don't know, I, I do enjoy days when I can just go, uh, usually downtown here, because it's, it's the more urban uh, kind of setting, but just kind of walking through those spaces. And often when I walk through there, um, this, so this, I share that because this doesn't happen to me all the time, it's not every day that this is happening to me, but often when I'm in that space, something tunes in as I'm walking, as I'm going into shops, walking through the parklands, etc. And not throughout the whole day, but just from time to time as I see people, um, I'll just be praying for people. And there was one day a few months ago, and I was walking, uh, coming up to, or walking past Victoria Square towards, if you can picture it, towards the markets. So Victoria Square is on my left coming up to the Hilton Hotel. And I could hear a kerfuffle. And everyone's starting to do that thing where they stop and look around, what's, the, what's this noise about? And I just found myself starting to sing, and I'll talk about singing a bit more in a minute, but I just found myself starting to sing this old Graham Kendrick song, Peace Be to These Streets, Peace Be to These Streets. So I'm just singing it. The, it seemed to quieten down, okay, cross the road, and then it, kicked off again these two ladies started having a go at each other grabbing handbags throwing stuff around throwing punches um, one of the teenage girls was involved 
So then there were two men there. One of the men, he decided he would step in and uh, break up the women. So then the other man got upset and he's like, oh, you fight with the women, do you? And so then before I knew it, I'd kind of turned up and I'm standing, like I'm in the middle of these two men, uh, full boxing stance, ready to take each other on. And I can hear in my mind, you know, advice that people give you of like, don't get involved, don't get involved, you know. But I couldn't help myself. I just was just started praying. Uh, and dare I say, even was praying in tongues. But really, it was just like peace. I just was praying the word peace. And they're like, praise the Lord, not getting too, they, not, none of the punches were really landing. But um, I just put my hand on one of the guys and I just said, peace, peace. And then... A few, not, I would like to think it's because of this, but I'm, you know, I'm not uh, claiming too much. But it, they just settled down. There was peace. They moved on. I don't know exactly what happened later. But there was just that moment of, okay, everyone stands around watching as observers. There's a kerfuffle. What's happening? I want to see what's happening. The question for me is, how am I engaged in this from that just tuning into God, that prayer moment so not observing and walking away but okay god what's happening here how can i pray into this situation um i also find it um, one of the reasons i was going to say that um, while nature is a great place to walk you don't meet very very many beggars um when you're walking through the through the forest but you will downtown and when someone asks you can you do you have something for me I will say, sure, I can, but maybe I'm a little bit cheeky. Can I also pray a blessing? You know, I'll give you a buck, but can I pray a blessing over you as well? So just taking those moments when someone engages with me, and then before I know it, you hear stories, people are either sharing their testimonies or hurts or whatever, and just taking that moment uh, to pray for them. Uh, again, in Morocco, that was every 500 meters, or you know, you could meet someone doing that but certainly going to those places just being open to that as we are out and about when you have babies like in your weekly thing when you go shopping when you take kids to school when you have an errand to run um, we can take those moments to be intentionally engaged with what's happening around us and aware of the fact that even though i'm just doing my daily stuff i'm still taking the presence of the lord with me like he's still with me he's still going with me into this office or into that supermarket, you know. Um, it's, it's just being aware that wherever we go, we can take the presence of the Lord and we can take a moment just to tune into what's happening. So I mentioned that as I was walking along, I was singing this song, uh, Peace Be to These Streets. And I, I like to sing. Um, I was sharing before with Steve that... Um, I pray best with a guitar in my hand. If there's silence, I will naturally just start humming something. So, um, but I think this is significant even if we're on our own, but certainly in groups, I think this is something that we can do. It, it sometimes might feel like it takes a bit more courage. Um, but um, I think it's important, and I'm not going to go deep a deep dive into this today. It's a whole other teaching session. But understanding what is taking place when we're worshipping. Um, so, um, some of what I'm going to share is taken from a, a book by Dick Eastman called Intercessory Worship. Um, and again, I'm not going to go into it too deeply today, but I just wanted to cover this idea that worship 
enthrones God. And I think we touched on that in our singing um, today. So he is enthroned in the praises of his people. So where we, where we are, we're saying, God, as we worship, it's like, God, be enthroned in this. Again, being aware of spaces and places. Be enthroned in the praises of your people in this uh, space, in this place. Um, worship encounters God. Um, it provides an opportunity for us to encounter Him. Uh, it enables us to know God with everything flowing from that place. Worship enlarges God. So a lot of the songs that we sing or when we um, speak from the Psalms, it provides um, this idea of God being bigger. And the bigger we see God through our worship uh, and significantly in studying Christ the light, the smaller Satan becomes in his capacity to defeat us. So when we have a big understanding of God, we have the courage to pray big prayers. And I think when you're out and about, sometimes we can feel overwhelmed by the things that we see. And so sometimes we need to, okay, I need to have a big understanding of God so that I'm, I have the courage to pray big prayers or even things that might feel at the moment impossible. But God, am I willing to ask for these things? Worship enjoys God. Um, so we again, we get to bless people, places, nations from a place of enjoying God, understanding His goodness. Is our heart towards the people and the places we're in for God's goodness? Sometimes our response to things might be like the sons of thunder and we want to, we're out and about and we want to call down fire on a, on a place. Um, but um, do we want to bless that place from we enjoy God. Uh, we sing about God's goodness. Is my heart for this place, the goodness of God. Worship enlists God. We declare in song and prayer the truths of God, who God is, His authority and sovereign plan of salvation. It excites God. It exalts God as well. We are saying, be exalted in this place. We exalt you. And we are declaring that out loud. And the declaring it out loud is significant um, because declaration, uh, I believe, in worship can affect change. And there's a theologian, Walter Brueggemann, who's probably a much deeper thinker than I am, uh, but drawing from the Psalms, he, sa he, he says, pra praise is world-making. Um, I don't think this is, there is a handout, by the way, so if you've struggled to write stuff down, there will be something available digitally. I don't think this is in it, but uh, if you really want it, I can get it to you. He says, praise making actually makes the world as we declare it to be. When we say God is king and enact that praise, it's truth that shapes the way we live in the world and the world is changed or remade by that truth. Praise is actually the most radical thing we do as the community of God. That's a big statement. Yes, praise is subversive because it changes reality. The Bible says that the world where God is on his throne, reigning and ruling is the real world. Let me say that again. The Bible says that the world where God is on his throne, reigning and ruling is the real world. That's what I read before from Colossians. It is the world as it is and always will be. Our call is to see that real world shape this broken mess that we find ourselves in now. So declaration of praise says 
despite all that we see, God is on his throne right now and his rule of justice, righteousness and peace is breaking in right now. And as we praise Jesus, we declare what is actually real and in doing so, we reshape the world that we are in. So again, that doesn't have to happen through music. Um, Praise and declaration doesn't have to be a musical thing. Ribka spoke about scripture earlier. I remember one time in, in... Morocco, we went out uh, prayer walking um, during Ramadan and we took scripture written on pieces of paper. So again, this is not, it's not a magical thing that we're doing. We're just, for it, even for ourselves, we were dropping these pieces of paper. This is, we're just making declarations of who we say God is. We'd slip them through the, the um, if the mosque, one of the mosques which met in a basement, we just kind of slipped it through the, through the grating of the window there. Um, so again, it doesn't have to happen through worship and song, but I, I'll often find myself singing, um, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. I presume you know that song. That's one that often, um, comes to mind. And even I find myself doing it now, if I go to the football, whether that be soccer or AFL or just other spaces where there are people uh, and I walk into the theater, I walk into that space, walk into the shopping center just taking a moment to sing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And it has that line, um, this is what our heart longs for. Maybe people in that space have not come to that revelation or understanding, yet this is what their heart longs for, but their heart is longing. This is what our heart longs for. So it's just taking a moment in the space of the room to say, um, I carry with me that dwelling, and I want to say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And again, sometimes, like Ribka said, that can be dangerous because then God might say, well, this is what I'm inviting you to do in this space today, and you have encounters that you weren't necessarily expecting. So we've spoken a lot. uh, Well, we've spoken a lot. So thank you. I want to say thank you for um, trusting us this morning and, and keeping up. But we've spoken a lot today about going to places, being physical in those places, We can't always um, go to those places ourselves. So one thing that Ribka and I, especially recently, have got more involved in is this idea of uh, virtual prayer walking. So we're just going to, I think you can still see me if I'm over here. We're just going to move over to uh, this computer. This is one, (coughs) as they do on the cooking shows, this is one we prepared earlier. And I just want to give you three tools uh, of uh, related to prayer walking. And one of those is Google Earth. So uh, this is us at the moment, according to Google Earth. Um, you can wave. Doesn't doesn't quite work. Doesn't work like that. But um, and yesterday I thought, okay, how. Uh, What's an example of a way we can use this? And this is very random. So this is what I'm about to share with you is not necessarily related to strategy. Uh, It was just a random thing that I did uh, uh, yesterday. So for some reason, I thought Bangkok. So I went to Bangkok and I Googled churches in Bangkok. And it took me to the churches in Bangkok directory. And then you can see that there's 
all of these suburbs in Bangkok. Don't ask me to pronounce them. Uh, in all honesty, I know nothing about them. But I do see there in uh, Dusit and, again, I won't try and pronounce the other one. You can see in red, I don't know if you can see it from where you're sitting, but they're in red because where it says churches, it has zero. So there's no churches in those districts. So then I go, oh, okay, well, let's, let's I'm going to go into Google Earth, and if I type in Dusit, Bangkok, Thailand. We go traveling to Dusit. And there it is. So Dusit District is an elegant uh, Dusit. Thailand's political hub is home to government offices and ornate temples. And we can go down into um, Dusit. We can go closer. There was a place that I saw. Where was it? Oh, no, let's go there. So you, you do have to learn the technology a little bit. How do I move around uh, in different ways? Not sure if I can see it now. All right. We won't go where I had in mind, but let's just say a good idea is to turn on this is called street view. So now I can see, if I want to go even closer, I can go down into these. If I want to uh, see even closer, I can go down into these areas. Can't see the place that I had in mind, but let's just, for the sake of today. We'll go into the command and general staff Can anyone, can you see that clearly? Anybody want to choose a place? All right, let's go to this government office. All right, oops. No. Anyway, you can see, I'm not sure I quite got there, but you can see the streets of Dusit. We can walk through this area and you can pray for these uh, people. There's people there that we can pray for. I haven't got you quite to the place, but if you can look for significant places, there's um, there's a place in this area which is the um, internal defense office, or the office where they look at um, defense, like security for Thailand is in this district. So um, you can just go for a walk through the streets, people's houses, go down the alleyway, um, turn around the opposite direction. So all of a sudden, Within three or four minutes, we're in Thailand. Now, we want to commend the guys that came from Prospect today. Yeah, you came from Prospect. But for those uh, here, you might be thinking, Prospect, that's, I don't really want to go to Prospect. Um, I'm glad that they came to me, but I don't really want to go to Prospect. Uh, it's a long way away, but I'd really like to pray for Prospect. So uh, I can just go to Prospect. South Australia. Let's go back to Prospect, South Australia. Beep, beep, beep. So even though we've done it digitally, it 
a lot of the principles are the same in terms of what we see prompts what we pray for we get a sense of what it looks like and i confess i don't do it a lot but when i did it yesterday just going into bangkok and and just on a street and there's shrines and there's different things just suddenly feeling like oh i'm in that space and another another way that we've um um been doing this is through um YouTube walk videos. So I think we'll come to a, a, a close in a moment, but so I'm not going to play the whole thing. But if you go onto YouTube and you, you look up walk videos for lots of countries around the world, you can, there's ones from Morocco. Um, I spend a bit of time watching ones from Japan. Um, so this one, one of the things that I like from these is this one was shot about 12 days ago. You can see when people like made them and put them up. And so we've used these a lot actually online. For Ripka and I facilitate quite a few online prayer times, and we've done this in online prayer times. So if you think these people were in this place like 12 or 14 days ago, and we can pray literally for those people. So we don't know their, I don't know them, I don't know their names, but God knows them. And in the same way that we go walking down the street, I can pray literally for those people. And, you know, through these videos, you can, you can be going to temples, you can go, oh, lots of guys are doing it these days. Or, yeah, so it's not Christian guys making them. Uh, it's just people that do it for fun. Uh, but we use it for our subversive purposes of praying. Um, they, don't, they don't know about that yet. But we have also asked people, so if you know people in different places or if, if your church or this church or your communities have connections to people who are overseas. Um, maybe they've never thought of it, but you can say to them, would you mind going for a walk and videoing like where you live so that we can actually see the people and the place where you live um, so that we can be praying for you from an informed way. And another way of doing that is actually doing it live. So we spoke before about Mike out in the north. So he's done this. Um, if if people have the the bandwidth on their mobile device, to actually go walking. So you can invite people to go walking with you who are not present with you, or you could uh, say to somebody else, hey, can I come walking with you in your district? You take the phone or the iPad, face it away away from you. Um, it can get a little bit bumpy sometimes, the up and down nature of it, um, but you just have it on FaceTime or whatever it is that um, you use to communicate, and you pray together. And you can be praying in and for all manner of different places together. Again, it encourages that sense of um, togetherness. Um, and I think especially for people who are in, far, in places where they feel far away, if you said to them, hey, can I come walking with you? Let's go outside. Take your phone outside. I want to see where you live. I'm going to come walking with you and I'll pray for you and I'll pray for the area that you live in I think most people would find that hugely encouraging, um, that you're saying, I can't get to you physically right now, but I want to be with you. I want to pray with you, not just pray for you, but pray with you. Yeah, so we're, we're going to have a break. You can ask us questions through that. We'll probably have more time at the end of the next session. In the next session, we're going to practice prayer together um, in creative ways so rather than 
have questions now as we go into break, if that's okay. People can just ask us personally. And if there's anything that you are like, actually, I'd something that, that would you be willing to share with the whole group, then we can hopefully make time to do that as well. If it helps you to uh, articulate a question by writing it down, there are some sheets of paper under most of the lolly jars on the tables. Um, so feel free to write that down to help you articulate it. Um, and you can hand that to these guys if you want to give them a bit more time to formulate their response as well. So we have a good 25 minutes now before we are starting the next session. That is enough time to sneak down to Manor if you would like. Um, if you haven't got your 20% off card, then please come and see us and we'll pass that on to you. Um, if you maybe just to say a really quick prayer for all those that are currently in the craft group out there. Um, so we're going to go for united prayer um, once again. So stand up, turn around, and we're going to pray for uh, the lovely folks that are out there from the morning congregation um, having their craft group. We declare those truths over this region. Amen. Amen. So we're going to have space just for a couple of, if anyone's got any questions. I think one of the things we want to model with creative prayer is that you can bring a playful element into prayer. So again, we probably wouldn't do like all of these all at like in one prayer time. Um, but breaking things up that helps people be engaged in different ways sometimes helps time to go really fast and before you know it you've spent an hour or two in prayer this is one i do with children but actually i don't see why we couldn't do it as adults too <laughs> uh, is to throw the ball and whatever your thumb is no just one person whatever your right hand thumb is on whatever your right hand thumb is on that's what you're going to pray for <laughs> and then we would go around the room and you can write whatever prayer points you want on your um, inflatable ball. Maybe afterwards, if anyone wants to come and pray for a nation, there's still M&Ms up here. Um, we should say before about the blessings course. Um, our church at Parkside is going to be doing that if you want to dig a little bit deeper into how to be a people that understanding how we are blessed and how we can bless um, other people and our communities and nations. Um, no, this one's about creative prayer. There's a few there that I found, uh, picked up from Kurong um, that have five things to pray. It's a series. Um, so praying for city crisis, all manner of things that they're just some of these resources like that and other ones I have here. If you're the kind of person who finds it hard to find the words sometimes or to hook on to something that we can pray for, there are resources and books out there that someone's either written the prayer and you literally just get to read the prayer, which can we can do in our personal time, but we can also bring those into corporate times, um, either as hooks of things to pray for or literally read out what someone else has written when we can't find the words. Yeah, so we've got, uh, where are we? A few minutes, people have questions.